Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. From the wilderness of Kodiak Island, Alaska, this is Murder and Mystery in the Last Frontier with your host, Robin Bearfield. In a land full of peril and vicious animals, humans are the most dangerous predators of all. Andrew Dolchuk had glaring psychological issues, and he was often violent. Still, judges repeatedly released him from jail until one night when Andrew Dolchuk's demons convinced him to murder his cab driver. Welcome to Murder and Mystery in the Last Frontier. I'm your host, Robin Bearfield, and I'm broadcasting from the heart of the Kodiak National Wildlife Refuge on Kodiak Island in Alaska. I have a special announcement today for listeners in the Anchorage area. I will be doing a book signing at Barnes & Noble Saturday, May 27th from 1 to 5 p.m., and I would love to have you stop by and say hi. No purchase necessary. I have a small gift for the first 25 people who tell me they listen to this podcast. Driving a taxi cab should rank near the top of the list of most dangerous jobs. Cab drivers, as well as Uber and Lyft drivers, often do not know the people who climb into their vehicles. Drivers who work late at night sometimes pick up people who are intoxicated or under the influence of drugs, individuals who call the cab company for a ride home from the bar. Can you imagine giving a drunk stranger a ride somewhere at 3 in the morning? Harry Hibbs, 48, was a decorated World War II and Korean War veteran. He and his wife and their three-year-old son had moved to Alaska from Chicago six weeks before his murder. Harry's wife wanted to live closer to her relatives in Alaska, and Harry hoped to gain employment on the Alaska oil pipeline. Harry found a job as a cab driver until he could apply for the pipeline position. He often drove the overnight shift, and his wife worried about him picking up drunks from the bars after closing. His wife's concern was not misplaced. Hibbs did not live long enough to get hired onto the pipeline project. In the early morning of July 8, 1971, Harry Hibbs gave the wrong man a cab ride. The saga of Andrew Dolchok's legal issues is almost too startling to believe. By 1971, Andrew Dolchuk was 27 years old, and police had arrested him for 40 offenses. He was convicted 26 times. His crimes ranged from drunkenness in public to rape to theft, but he spent little time in prison. 
the system released him each time to give him another chance. On July 6, 1971, Andrew Dolchuk appeared on check forgery charges in district court. Despite his record, lack of employment, and anger issues, a judge gave Dolchuk a 24-hour pass from jail to go back out into the city of Anchorage and raise the $1,000 he needed to bail himself out of jail. Dolchuk had no means to raise $1,000, and nothing in Dolchuk's past behavior suggested he would obediently follow the judge's orders and return to jail after the 24 hours had expired. The judge knowingly released a man who presented an obvious danger to the public. On the 24-hour pass, Andrew Dolchuk would commit at least seven more crimes, including three rapes and one murder. The day following Dolchok's release from jail, the police arrested him for public drunkenness and fighting. He paid the $75 fine and was again released, despite exceeding the original 24-hour release window. He broke into a car parked in downtown Anchorage and stole a revolver and some money. He next pulled a woman into an abandoned building and raped her at gunpoint. Dolchuk spent what little money he had on drinks in the 4th Avenue bars, and then tried to bum money and drinks from strangers. The bartenders in the various establishments he entered kicked him back out onto the street. Dolchuk tried to pick up a prostitute, but when she insisted he show her the money first, he left, growing angrier with each refusal. With nowhere left to turn in downtown Anchorage, Andrew Dolchuk called for a cab. To Harry Hibbs' bad fortune, he was sent to give Dolchuk a ride. According to what Hibbs reported to his dispatcher, Dolchuk told him he wanted to go to Eagle River, north of Anchorage. Later, when the dispatcher could not raise Hibbs on the radio and Harry failed to return home after his shift, the cab company and his wife reported him missing. On July 13, 1971, two children playing in the Birchwood Loop area north of Anchorage found the body of Harry Hibbs. According to the troopers, Hibbs had been assaulted and shot. The public would later learn that Hibbs's assailant forced him to kneel on the ground before shooting him execution style. Authorities did not find Hibbs's yellow cab number 39 near his body so they began an intensive search of the area. They hoped the cab would lead them to Hibbs's killer. Seven patrol cars and an airplane searched north of Anchorage, but did not find the cab. Finally, an appraiser stumbled upon the cab in thick brush and a foot of water in the Chickaloon area, 38 miles north of Palmer. Troopers hoped the cab would yield forensic clues, but they found no fingerprints nor anything else to lead them to the killer. Someone had wiped the car clean before abandoning it. A publicized sketch of the young man who had hired Hibbs to drive him to Eagle River also proved little help in determining the identity of Harry Hibbs's last fare. On July 13, 1971, Fairbanks police arrested Andrew Dolchuk and charged him with joyriding, public drunkenness, and resisting arrest. A Fairbanks police lieutenant 
Notice that Dolchok resembled the drawing of the man wanted for questioning in the murder of an Anchorage cab driver. He notified the Alaska State Troopers, and Trooper Sergeant Don Church flew to Fairbanks and escorted Dolchok back to Anchorage. A special grand jury session met and indicted Andrew Dolchok on first-degree murder and robbery charges. Dolchok had no intention of keeping his story to himself. He was eager to talk, even after hearing his Miranda rights. While Dolchok talked, Sergeant Church typed his confession. Dolchok said he threatened Hibbs with his gun and told him to drive to a remote area near Birchwood Loop Road. He took $81 from Hibbs's wallet and forced Hibbs to get out of the cab and kneel on the ground. He placed the revolver muzzle behind Harry Hibbs's ear and pulled the trigger. Then he shot Hibbs again in the side of the chest. Andrew Dolchok wasn't done after he murdered Harry Hibbs. He next drove to Palmer, where he committed a burglary and raped two underage girls. He then drove the cab to Chickaloon and dumped it in a remote area. He tried to borrow horses from a guide he knew in the area, but the guide refused. And Dolchuk hitchhiked to Fairbanks and continued his crime spree until the Fairbanks police arrested him. Let me take a short break. I want to thank Magic Mind, the sponsor for this episode of Murder and Mystery in the Last Frontier. Magic Mind is a dose of liquid energy in a small bottle. In my last two episodes, I've talked about how Magic Mind has given me energy, cleared my mind, and made me a more productive writer. But then, after four weeks of my daily doses of the Magic Green Elixir, my supply ran out. I waited too long to reorder. After going two weeks without Magic Mind, I realized how much better I felt and more productive I was when I drank my morning shot of Magic Mind with its brain-boosting nootropics, its stress-busting adaptogens, and the natural energy boost from matcha. I am now signed up for a monthly subscription for 30 bottles of Magic Mind a month. As an author, I need to stay clear and focused. Magic Mind works for me, and I don't want to run out again. Give Magic Mind a try. I'm sure you will find it makes you more energetic and productive, and the effects last all day. The folks at Magic Mind created a great offer for me to share with you. Go to www.magicmind.co slash murderandmystery within the next 10 days and use the code murderandmystery to get 50% off a subscription or 20% off a one-time purchase of Magic Mind. Let me repeat, go to www.magicmind, M-A-G-I-C-M-I-N-D, dot co, not dot com, but dot co, slash murder and mystery, M-U-R-D-E-R-A-N-D-M-Y-S-T-E-R-Y, and use the code murder and mystery, that's all caps and no spaces, M-U-R-D-E-R-A-N-D-M-Y-S-T-E-R-Y. Go within the next 10 days and get 50% off a subscription or 20% off a one-time purchase of Magic Mind to crank up your energy level and lower your stress. 
The links for Magic Mind and the code are in the show notes for this episode. On June 20, 1971, Superior Court Judge Ralph E. Moody ordered Andrew Dolchak to be held in custody on $50,000 bail. Moody gave Dolchak 10 days to enter a plea. Anchorage cab drivers were angered and alarmed by the amount of the bail, and most believed the judge should have denied bail. The custom at the time was to free a suspected criminal until his court date if he could post 10% of the bail. Cabbies complained that the amount was too low, and they were worried Dolchak would again get out of jail. Cab drivers began carrying pepper spray and guns to protect themselves against Dolchak if he made bail or against a copycat killer. Judge Moody reassured the Anchorage public by telling them Dolchak would not be allowed to go free by posting only 10% of his bail. He would need to post the entire $50,000 to be released. And in the unlikely case he could come up with the money, the judge would appoint someone, such as an employer, to stay with him 24 hours a day and vouch for his whereabouts. In a desperate move, Dolchak's attorney appealed to the judge to release Dolchak on his own recognizance, but Moody denied the request. Moody said, There is no question that this man is a menace to society. Not only a danger, but a menace. Dolchak pleaded not guilty due to insanity. Andrew Dolchak fit the definition at the time of the criminally insane. Still, the insanity defense in Alaska proved to have a giant loophole, as perhaps was best demonstrated by the Charles Meach case. In Alaska, if a defendant was found not guilty due to insanity, the judge was forced to send him to a hospital for the criminally insane. This makes sense because the accused would go someplace where he could get psychiatric help. The problem with the law in Alaska at the time was that if the doctors treating him decided he was either cured or had his mental illness under control, they could release him back into society. In 1973, Charles Meach was arrested and charged with beating a man to death. The jury found him not guilty because of insanity, and the judge sent him to a Tascadero State Hospital in California, a facility for the criminally insane. Seven years later, the psychiatrist who treated Meach in California declared his mental illness in remission and shipped Meech back to the Alaska Psychiatric Institute in Anchorage, or API. The job of the doctors and staff at API was to ease Meech back into society. They liberally provided Meech with day passes. And one day, he murdered four teenagers in a park near API. When indicted, Meech again pleaded not guilty because of insanity. But this jury wasn't falling for the plea. The jury found Meech guilty of four counts of first-degree murder, and the judge sentenced him to 396 years in prison. Soon after Charles Meech murdered the four teenagers, the Alaska State Legislature revised the state statutes for the criminally insane. 
the lawmakers created one of the strictest laws for the insanity defense in the U.S. by adding another possible verdict of guilty but mentally ill. When a person is found guilty but mentally ill, they must serve their time in a mental institution until deemed healthy, and then they will be transferred to a prison for the rest of their sentence. The changes to Alaska's insanity defense occurred 11 years after Andrew Dolchok murdered Harry Hibbs. But even by 1971, judges were growing tired of the defense. Andrew Dolchok's attorney assured him the insanity defense would work for him because he believed the prosecutor and judge would support it. Assistant District Attorney Justine Ripley and Assistant Public Defender Colin Middleton discussed the case and agreed to pursue the not guilty because of insanity defense. After all, Dolchok had already signed a confession. So unless the defense attorney could get the confession thrown out as evidence, Dolchok could not very well plead not guilty. The district attorney probably saw this as a chance to wrap up this case with a neat little bow and end it in a few days. Dolchok and his attorney decided to try the case before Judge Moody and forego a jury trial. Ripley and Middleton met with Moody in the judge's chambers. Dolchok was not present for the meeting. The attorneys would claim his absence was an oversight, but it was a mistake. Dolchok should have been there to assist with decisions relating to his defense. The attorneys told the judge they had agreed on how this case should be tried. The defense would not try to suppress Dolchok's confession, and the prosecutor would suggest a verdict of guilty because of insanity. Judge Moody agreed to try the case without a jury, but despite what the attorneys might have surmised, he did not agree to anything else. Before the trial began, Judge Moody held a competency hearing for Andrew Dolchok, and Dr. Langdon, a psychiatrist, testified that Dolchok understood the nature of the charges against him. Langdon believed Dolchok could assist with his own defense, if he wanted to. He said he felt certain Dolchok's attorney could tell if Dolchok was voluntarily not cooperating with him or delusionally not cooperating with him. At the trial, the prosecution called only one witness. Trooper Sergeant Church, the investigator who had recorded Dolchok's confession, introduced Dolchok's confession and said Dolchok confessed voluntarily. The defense made no objections and offered no witnesses. Next came the sanity phase of the trial, and the defense called Dr. Langdon and Dr. Burke, a psychologist. Both doctors testified that Andrew Dolchok was insane when he killed Harry Hibbs. They said Dolchok knew he was doing something wrong, but he could not stop what he was doing. According to Dr. Langdon, Dolchok suffered from chronic, undifferentiated schizophrenia with a large paranoid coloration. Burke stated it more simply by saying Dolchok's characteristics indicate he suffers from a major mental disorder. 
Andrew Dolchak, his attorney and the prosecutor, believed Judge Moody's verdict was a foregone conclusion. They were shocked when Moody found Dolchak guilty of the first-degree murder of Harry Hibbs. Moody said, I must find, and do so find, in all due respect to the psychiatrist and psychologist's testimony, that their findings are not supported upon reason and common experience of mankind based upon the facts of this case. They take the position that this man killed the cab driver because of all the frustration he had gone through during the day of not being able to get drinks for nothing, getting thrown out of bars, not being able to get money from a cab driver, and not being able to have relationships with a prostitute without money. But in none of these cases did he become violent. The only explanation the court can see for this is the fact that he was in the city of Anchorage. He was near where other people are available, and he knew he would get caught. The evidence is overwhelming that he controlled his thwarted emotions for everything that he wanted until such a time as he got this man through subterfuge out in an isolated area where he had a pistol and killed him in perpetrating a robbery that he had planned before he left Anchorage in a cab. Moody sentenced Andrew Dolchok to life in prison, and Dolchok's attorney immediately filed an appeal. Dolchok eventually appealed his case to the Alaska Supreme Court. The court upheld Judge Moody's decision to go against the doctor's testimony and find Dolchok guilty of the first-degree murder. The one issue the court found troubling was the meeting between the prosecution and defense counsel with Judge Moody, where Dolchok was not present. Ultimately, the court upheld the first-degree murder verdict, and the streets of Anchorage and Fairbanks were safer, with Andrew Dolchok locked behind bars. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you to my patrons for your support. Check out the show notes for more information on how you can support this podcast and unlock extra episodes by joining the Last Frontier Club. If you haven't already done it, be sure to join the Murder and Mystery in the Last Frontier Facebook group and chat about the podcast. I'll see you soon for the next episode of murder and mystery in the last frontier.
Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.